Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rooted Podcast. My name is Marcus. And I'm Kat. And we are here to uh, review the testimonies um, from the previous weeks and also to give an introduction to the Rooted Ministry itself. Rooted first started as an idea of just collecting testimonies, right, Kat? Yeah. Right. Now, and it's weird, we kind of both had the same idea around the same time. Um, I was just driving home from work, and um, I was just thinking of all the testimonies that I've heard and, um, you know, what testimony that God has given me and Kat and uh, working in our lives. And Kat, uh, you were talking to your sister, Aylin, right? Yeah, and just unpacking boxes from when we moved to Arizona and thinking, wow, I'd love to hear, I love hearing sermons and I love hearing these edifying things, but I feel like when somebody shares this, their testimony, it's so sweet, and but few and far between of a real believer's testimony. So I was like, man, I'd love for, a channel or something to be out there. And when I searched, it wasn't, it wasn't out there. Right. And I had an idea to uh, take the testimonies and also kind of expand on that. Uh, the theme of what it means to be saved um, and what it means to be rooted in Christ. So um, we started talking about the testimonies and um, the rooted family tree ministry um, really got conceived by, at that moment. Um, and my heart was to say, look what God has done, not just for, uh, the Chuck Holmes out there that got saved in prison, um, but also the people like Elliot that we just watched, um, who was saved at a young age, who was saved, um, in very simple way, just recognition of sin at a, uh, um, as far as seven year olds can sin, right? Um, and we're in the same family because God adopts us. He chooses us. And it's not based off of our merit. Um, it's not based off, based off of our lineage. Um, you know, it's nothing that we do. But Christ died for us while we're still sinners. And it's amazing to me that we are joint heirs with him and uh, the fact that we are family. And I wanted to even go further on that, saying that we're family by showing that Eventually, as this platform either gets more funding or I get more creative powers and skills, but I want to show each episode, uh, each person showing how um, who they heard the gospel from. I would love to get um, that testimony as well. So, for example, like, you know, I believe your sister heard the gospel from you. So she would be an episode. Kat, you heard the gospel through me and other people at Grace as well. And then for me, I heard it from uh, a dear brother out in Louisville named Toussaint. And uh, just showing how that family branch is so diverse, but also just how 
amazing of a testimony each person has and how God orchestrated it, you know, from just, uh, you know, growing up in the South and you being a son of a preacher to me, um, a former international drug dealer and uh, just criminal um, to you who from the Philippines to New York to Kentucky, just just so many different backgrounds, but all brought together and rooted in Christ and the truth that he is Lord and he died on the cross for us and resurrected to intercede for us eternally and bring us home like that. That's my heart in it. And that's, uh, that's why I want to do this is to encourage people. There's enough people out there. Uh, the John MacArthur's in the world, the John Piper's, uh, who have a much broader theological knowledge than what we would. But, um, I want to help unify the body saying, Hey, look, these main points, these things, this belief in Jesus Christ, like the thief on the cross, I doubt that he was able to get, like write songs of doxology and, you know, be able to um, write essays on the Trinity or talk about the human depravity and um, and what what kind of atonement. What does that mean? But he knew Jesus Christ was Lord and he wanted to go where he was. He wanted to be brought there and just the recognition of his own sin and knowing that Jesus could save him. I want to unify us with all the world that's causing so much division. And I, I just hope that it's a blessing for you all um, to be able to hear these testimonies and know that we are brothers and sisters in Christ and that we have been adopted for a purpose and that the freedom from that, um, I think, just brings joy to our hearts. We're supposed to mourn over sin, right? Uh, Matthew 5 and Sermon on the Mount. But we're to rejoice continually and give thanksgiving through all things. And um, and with all things that we do, um, give glory to him. So that's why we made this. And that is what we are hoping to accomplish here is uh, by unifying the body and encouraging one another by displaying what Christ has done for us. And if unbelievers are listening to this or to any of the testimonies, um, you know, just seeing the radical change in lives. Most people, you know, I hear a lot of people when they read Paul, like the atheist is like, well, people don't change. Well, Paul is a very real man and documented throughout history. And you have someone who killed and persecuted the church to being the greatest evangelist. Um, that doesn't happen without Christ. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. I, I feel like it's easy for people to go to a church and hear something that they would consider like an altar call, or they feel something life changing and they go up there and they get baptized and then they fall away. And I can't help but think that just like our episodes, there's one episode and there's one story. The Lord saves one by one. He doesn't save people in a sea of just experience. Um, and I want to be careful. I don't want to say that you can't have an experience when you get saved. But 
as we heard in Elliot's testimony, for example, he thought he was saved at five and he still to this day thinks back on it. But there's a level of maturity that grows that he mentioned um, as you know more scripture, as you get to know more and more attributes of the Lord that, yeah, I am a believer. The Lord has preserved me for his people. And I feel like a lot of people think that once you're a Christian, you now live this holy, untouchable life where you can't sin. Um, but that's not the case. We, God is rich in mercy and we were saved as adults. And I would say that I grew up in a moral household and I've heard the word testify, testify before, but I don't know if I ever saw or even heard the fruits of a real believer until I went to Grace and I saw, wow, these people became a new creation. These people had a past and that past is dead and they are alive, alive in Christ because the Lord gave them that new life. That is not manufactured. That's something that your own will can't power through. The Holy Spirit is so much more powerful than your own free will that you can't just fake this. And we've seen the detriment to people who do fake it, who've grown up in the church and have faked it. And it it's, it doesn't last. Like the power parable of the seeds, we see that the, the world chokes them out or they're not well rooted in scripture and they just shrivel away and die. So to to me, this podcast is sharing a believer's testimony that these are people that had a past, no matter how wayward they may have been like Chuck's or um, really how uh, ups, up and down it was like Elliot's, were all adopted in God's kingdom and every root looks different. It, that all looks different even in in a tree, like the imagery of a tree, but they all come for one purpose to serve the body of Christ, to glorify the Lord. <clears throat> exactly. So let's go ahead and get into um, the first two testimonies that uh, we have released in uh, Chuck Holmes and Elliot Hillis. Um, in your mind, what, what do you think was the biggest theme that you gathered from uh, Elliot's? Well, what I love about Elliot's is that he didn't come from this crazy background because let's face it, not most people um, <laughs> have a crazy story like Chuck's. And most people I feel like would relate to Elliot's testimony where they grew up in a Christian home or a moral home. And they may have believed these things in Sunday school, and then they became a young uh, man or woman, and the world just was so seductive in all its ways, and they fell into the world. And I love that Elliot, even in hearing him talk about the, the Lord, it comes back. It comes back to being with the Lord and being preserved by him. Even though he goes down a road, the Lord always pulls him back to his word with the help of his people and um, just his experiences. So I, I love that that is a perseverance of the saints. Yeah. So I think uh, that's something that he was talking about a lot was the perseverance of the saints. 
um, and knowing that he can be secured, that there is that security. Um, when God saves you, right? I mean, John 17, like, no, and, and like all Jesus' um, prayers, none go through his hands, right? Because the Father gives us to him. So that's not a temporary status. And it's like you said before with the seeds, you know, um, it just proves that if somebody does leave, they weren't saved. But we know that um, if we have faith in Christ, we are saved. Yeah, that's great. Um, the major theme that I got, I mean, from Chuck, um, and, and what a testimony and a blessing it is to have him as a brother and you know, somebody that we can learn from. And uh, especially being out here, uh, going to the same church as him, um, man, it's a blessing. But the theme um, that I got is just <laughs> the grace of God. And really, um, and, you know, there's tons of sovereign grace preachers and God's sovereign and like, you know, everything. But, but man, you know, just seeing uh, this person almost like a sociopath, if someone was going to like identify him. <laughs> Um, you know, prior to the cross, um, and I, I can identify with him actually more than I do Elliot, um, in terms of mentality and uh, the consequences of sin and what it does to your, your heart. That was, that's another thing uh, that I picked up on it. A theme was consequence of sin. Um, and how, like, even after the cross, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of pain and, and suffering that happens even after, uh, after the cross. And Paul experienced that, right? Because uh, Peter and all the apostles were afraid of him. It wasn't like, oh, I heard he's saved. Let's go be brothers. You know, it's, it's, it was, and I'm sure that's what the apostles sounded like. Um, like Steve Lawson. Yeah. And uh, shout out to him if he ever listens to this. But um, even if not, he's great. Um, you know, consequence of sin. I feel the consequences of a lot of my sin. You know, whether it's... Um, you know, pain, nightmares, um, physical pain, you know, my knees, my hands, ankle, my shoulders. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I, I see that in him. And there's such a wisdom that he has, though, where I lack because of just experience. And he's been saved, like, I think he said, over 30 years. And man, you could just see what it does and how hungry he was for the truth. Um, and uh, once he heard it, man, he, he said he wanted nothing else. And uh, so, yeah, the consequences of sin and God's grace and his power to save, no one's too far away. And, man, that what a what a blessing that is. Um, and, you know, going and just contrasting those, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to release two of those first is to show that, one, the radical change and um, – and Chuck's and also Elliot's being saved as a young child. And then what that slow burn kind of looks like and in that sanctification and uh, that process of being brought out slowly. Whereas, you know, Chuck was going hard on, uh, on sin and really deep into the world, but being radically changed like the Damascus road, you know, um, but knowing that we're both, ending up in the same spot and uh, it's great yeah i think um i think the great thing about chucks is that he had that assurance from day one because he really knew he was not the same and i, I can't imagine going from being 
a total racist to coming out and seeing, wow, these are brothers and sisters made in the image of God. That just gave me chills when he said that, because that is just, it's, it's something and a love that only the Lord can give. And I was saying before these things that we try to manufacture, but there are so many gifts that the Lord gives us that can only come from the Holy Spirit. And here's Elliot, you know, he struggled from assurance from the beginning. And if you ever get the chance to get to know Elliot, he is just such a sweet guy. And I would never, <laughs> you would never know that he ever struggled with that because he's just such a confident um, man of, of God. And I, I think that is a, a mark of Christianity, you know, even if you were a brand new believer and you're just so hungry for the word like Chuck was, there is a difference. The Christ in you is is alive and, and it's it's infectious that on fire for the Lord, even with believers that um, have been saved for a long time. When you see a brother or sister really hear the gospel for the first time, gosh, it just makes you remember like, wow, it revives your soul. And it, it, it makes me think of all the angels rejoicing in heaven of, of this one brother or sister saved in Christ. Amen. Yeah. I think, uh, exact. I mean, spot on, like it's, so, it's just so encouraging to hear these things and um, just knowing what they've been through and how, again, the, just the depravity that started at Chuck in such a young age, you know, um, desiring, <clears throat> I mean, doing drugs at such a young age, being in the military in Vietnam, seeing death um, and being part of it really, instilling fear, trying to control something, you know, um, like Chuck was obviously angry and wanted to control something in his life, you know, and, God is humble, uh, humbling, you know, um, there's an Anthony Hamilton song I like to listen to is life as a way <laughs> it's called, yeah, life as a way of humbling you down. Um, but it's God that actually humbles you down and removes the idols from your heart. Um, whether it's you wanting to be in control and, um, you know, dominating through fear, um, or even good intentions, thinking that you are the one that's capable of doing these things. Um, God will remove that slowly. If you are his child, he will discipline you. And these spankings are meant to, again, conform you into the image of his son. So, um, and I resonate with that hardcore. Uh, even after the cross, I, I feel the daily spankings <laughs> of, of from the Lord to say, um, you know, your heart's not right here. Your idol is this trust in me. Yeah, I I love the part where Chuck said I would chase those drugs every day uh, if I could. And it just shows you the real heart of man that even if it's not drugs, we will chase our pleasures down to to really whatever we want. I remember being um before um I was saved, I heard this quote that said, you can have whatever you want in life, as long as you're willing to risk everything for it. And I remember thinking that and thinking at that time, it's like, wow, that's, that's crazy. But then it's true. If you want fame, if you want money, if you want all these things that will pass away, if you trade anything for it, like your integrity, your relationships, your time, you can have it. But what does it cost you if it costs you your soul? And 
I I just love that he he said that with such honesty. And I feel like if we're honest, that is a lot of us, even as Christians, you know, um, our pastor today uh, spoke about idols in our hearts and how we should be um, vigilant and, and slaying those because they creep up faster than we think. And it's it's <laughs> it just goes back to God's mercy that even though He sees all of these idols that that would have us be pulled away from Him, that He still brings us back um, like the prodigal son with open arms waiting for us just to to return to His His loving mercy and, and kindness. And we think that there our ways are higher than His ways, but we realize and. It's wonderful when you hear it in, in a believer's voice, when we actually realize that our ways are not higher and that when we trust the Lord, when we um, submit to um, these th- these disciplinary actions of the Lord, that it is, it's wonderful. Yeah, and some people realize that faster than others. You know, I think, <laughs> you know, and that's uh, something encouraging too is, uh, you know, in terms of submitting yourselves and getting rid of these idols, um, it's a process. And we can't expect everyone to have the same experience. You know, once they're saved, they're going to be this way. Um, this is going to happen. This going to, you know, there, again, um, there's an analogy I heard, um, which is, is, it's a funny one, you know, especially for both of us living in Kentucky. But, you know, someone who is just say, or people are a lot like, you know, bourbon bottles or whiskey bottles. In the sense of um, we're filled with something that's destructive. We are evil and we we cause a lot of hurt and pain. But once we're saved, God empties out all of that that sin right? because we've been cleansed and he enters into us. But while we're still on this earth, we still smell like the whiskey or bourbon that filled it before. You know, there's still some stank left. Not that we 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 fill up whiskey bottles with water and just keep it around our house. Yeah, but yes, I understand. Not. Yeah, I mean, I know I stink with some things still. And, you know, God is faithful to continue to work in my heart. And I know he's working in yours. Um, again, like I'm excited to eventually share our testimony because I think people will definitely be blessed by yours. Um, now with now, I would love to hear your perspective, um, especially Chuck's wife. You know, just hearing what Chuck had done, you know, a lot of it, I'm, I mean, I definitely want to hear her <laughs> side of the story. Um, but yeah, you know, like he left them in California, went with a prostitute to Arizona and um, she came back and continued to love on him. And after the cross, just continued to persevere as a woman. Like how encouraging is that to you to hear her strength? You know, I've heard this uh, before um, that there's just some, there are some people that even in our sinfulness, the Lord just gives them a sweetness. Even if they never get saved, they have a sweetness. But then when the Lord saves them, that sweetness just turns into, gosh, just another level of kindness and mercy. And I feel like Chuck's wife, that had to have been her. She already had this level of forgiveness towards him and and a kind heart. But when she was saved, gosh, I can't imagine that just multiplying and their relationship just being blessed by that. I I cannot imagine what she went through. um, But I do know that 
there has to have been some level where the Lord kept her there, knowing in his sovereign will and power where he he was going to take their relationship. Um I, I can't imagine, but she she stuck with him. Uh I would love to hear details on just her thought process at this time. But I remember Chuck saying that there was something that she recognized in him that had been changed. And I wonder what it was, you know, if it was the Holy Spirit recognizing itself or uh, I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, it would be kind of like uh, Mary and Elizabeth, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, just the identification. Obviously, there's not. Christ or John the Baptist in anyone's belly right now. Yes, but. sorry to confuse people. Um, yeah, but no. just that she she just, gosh, what a what a crazy testimony. But also the wife of someone who who did this to her and her to be so forgiving um, and to just trust him. To that is the work of the Lord, isn't it? The your his mercies renew every day and for her to have that kind of forgiveness for him that was that was a gift even to unbelievers it's a, it's a gift yeah it's common grace for the unbeliever but there's a special forgiveness that resides in us because uh, we were once forgiven for all time all of our sins uh, past present and future uh, by christ and we are called to forgive like him since we are christians we are of christ Right. We are his slaves and um, we are to basically replicate what our master does. Um, and that is so great because I definitely need forgiveness all the time. And I always say this to brothers here is when I look at you, I see Christ's forgiveness. Um, and I think wives are especially um, gracious and kind and patient because they have to deal with children most of the time. And that's why God made them different. Um made you different because um, we had different roles. We're equal, but different roles, right? You are definitely more loving and kind and sweet, whereas I am very loud and arrogant, you know? And <laughs> um, I think, you know, God gave us these roles for a purpose and uh, it's to further his kingdom. You know, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, I, and it's fun. Both people brought up wives, um, you know, Chuck showing the forgiveness and the love and the tenderness of his bride and Elliot uh, with Hannah showing what a reflection, especially since they've been married just about a year, the reflection of his sin, what that does in uh, the sanctification process, revealing sin. Um, I know being married to you, I get revealed all the time. <laughs> and uh, in, love, in love, in love. Yeah, for sure. And just showing that balance board is, you know, because it's so easy to just be comfortable in what we want to do as men and um, what we think is right. We're the leader and you all are faithful to point us to be humble. And um, in Ephesians 5, we're supposed to love you like Christ loved the church and he died for the church. We have to die to our pride. We have to die to ourselves. And it's not just um, for you, but I mean, we're supposed to die daily and pick up the cross and follow him. And part of following him is serving in the way that we lead is serving. So um, in their service to their brides, 
Um, that is a huge part of the, each testimony and in their sanctification, um, in which I think all men that are in Christ can identify as uh, being married is such a help um, in that. Now, with the interviews and the questions and the answers, um, <clears throat> I loved how much further each person went into, um, you know, the Bible verse that um, each one picked. Uh, whether it was uh, Elliot laughingly giving John three sixteen, um, you know, and then Chuck also being lighthearted, saying, you know, he wept, right? Jesus wept and, because he could memorize yeah, it. Because he could memorize it, and Chuck is as wise as most, if not more than wise than most pastors, and I'm sure he's memorized large chunks, um, but. Just, just knowing uh, God's heart, I know that's big on Chuck right now. And he actually gave me a book, um, Gentle and Lowly, and just identifying the uh, the heart of Christ. And um, and I know that reigns supreme in Chuck's mentality too is saying how meek and lowly, and how Christ came to serve, and that's the mentality that we are to have: is to be lowly, not proud, not Pharisaical humans. But we're supposed to boast in him um, and he did all things for it, you know. So <clears throat> I, I love their answers. And again, just talking about even their struggles that they have and how God is working in them. Um, you know, Chuck and Elliot, just who are very mature believers, um, been saved for many years. And uh, how encouraging it is to people like us who have been saved less than 10 and uh, just seeing that people are still being perfected, that we're not here to be sinless. We're here to sin less and continue to follow Christ, you know, mimic me as I follow Christ. Right. That's what Paul says. And uh, what an encouragement that is to me, at least. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I love since we homeschool and we're around our kids all day and definitely one of our main prayers is that the Lord save our children at an early age is that these Bible verses, you know, the Lord's word never comes back vain. It just it's it it really does root down. So even these simple things that you think they may not be listening to, you know, um, Awana verses or these verses that you talk about during your devotional time, and you feel like, oh, this is the hundredth time we've talked about it, you know, it just you know staying faithful. That was the encouragement to me that maybe that one hundred and one time will be the time that they really take that home. Uh, even as simple as Jesus wept and just having such deep, like a well and a, a depth. I keep saying the word depth, but it's it's true. Jesus wept is two words, but in it conveys so much of the attribute of just passion and kindness. Like it wasn't Jesus shed a tear. He wept for us. That's his love. It, it is. And it just, I, I love that. Even though it's so simple, it really goes down to his heart for us that he, he died for us because he loved us that much. And I feel like it has been thrown around so much, even this phrase, you know, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. But gosh, the word is powerful that even those two words, if if you just teach your kids these Bible verses, that 
I pray in their moment of need and their moment of doubt in their lives that these verses will come up and it will sanctify them. In Hebrews, it says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and it truly fillets us. <laughs> I I just pray um, that our kids, when, I, when I've heard these testimonies, would come to Christ at a young age and and you know, as my mom heart, I, I would want them to be saved from the the hurts of this world. But I, I know that's that's just my mom heart, and the <laughs> the Lord's plan for them is much better than the plan that I probably have for them. That's right. <clears throat> Who knows? And we have to continue to pray for our children, and we encourage you to pray for your children daily. Um, you root them in the world, word at a young age. Um, and it's up to the Lord to save them, for sure. It's not what you're going to be doing, um, but be faithful to them. And uh, you know, Deuteronomy 6 and um, Ephesians 6, right? Children, obey your parents, for this is right. I know that's my favorite. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Ephesians is pretty good, too. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, so just going over and making sure that you love them enough to give them the truth daily. Um, and that's not a command, right? I'm not saying you have to do this to be a Christian parent. Um, I definitely need a lot of work and being gracious and kind and patient with them. But we, we as men especially, like be loving like the Father is loving to us. Be humble. Don't expect them to be a 30 plus year old when they're nine. Don't expect them to have the discernment that you have. They are going to stumble and try to remember as much as you can of what you stumbled through. Um, I know I, I'm preaching to myself right there. And, you know, when I see my kids, uh, my kids are so much better than I was. <laughs> you know, like um, they are so much more helpful and kind and loving, you know. Um, so I'm definitely encouraged. And most of that's because of cat. But, um, you know, it's definitely one of those things of um, a good reminder that we have to be that patient all the time. And even through these testimonies and understanding um, what God's grace does and gives us the freedom to love the way that he loves us. And um, let's live in that freedom and, and the fact that we have been saved from destruction, not just saved from like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm saved and get to go to heaven, you are saved from hell, <laughs> from the wrath that is to come. And let's be faithful to share our testimony of what God has done in our lives. Um, and if you don't think you have a testimony, remember, you were once dead. Right? Jesus Christ, through him, all things were made. He is the word. God spoke things into existence, right? Ex nihilo. And God loves you with that same creative power. He creates a new person. 2 Corinthians 5.17, right? You're a new creation. Jesus created the universe. And Jesus created you a new heart from stone to life. That same word that took the Israelites out of captivity of the Egyptians, that same word, Jesus, 
that same person took us out of captivity from sin and into freedom in him. (laughs) How amazing it is to think of that. You have to remind yourself daily of who you are in him. You are free. You're free to do so many things. Let's be free to love. Let's prefer one another. And that's why testimonies, and especially what we're trying to do with Rooted, that's why we want to do this, is to encourage you and challenge you to go tell people the truth that Jesus Christ made you. He created you. And on the cross, he saved you. If you believe, you have that security eternally. So I hope that has been an encouragement to you all. Um, It's going to be the first of many. Um, I think this is going to be something that we're going to be doing weekly. um, Hopefully in a more timely manner. We do have five kids. So bear with us. Um, And if you guys have any questions about anything, please reach out to us. Um, We had so many questions when we were first saved. And if it weren't for believers who, um, is it 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy, who (laughs) were able to defend the faith um, with scripture, I don't know where we would be right now. We we would definitely be swayed and be bouncing around questioning. I mean, and there are people like that out there that were saved and it took them years to be rooted in God's word because they weren't at a good church or they um, weren't faithful to cut off their idols. And And I pray that that isn't the case for you. The Lord is sovereign over who listens to this even if it's just you washing dishes or driving in your car, like if you have a question about this, don't wait. You know, if you even have a slightest inkling of, I don't know what the gospel is. I don't think I have a testimony because I don't think I know what that even means. Please reach out. Uh, We would love to talk to you. Obviously we're not taking like calls or anything. I feel like this is a ministry we'd like to do one-on-one with people. Um, but the Lord knows who you are. And Jeremiah says, um, in Jeremiah, it says, if you seek the Lord with all your heart, you will find him. And I I pray that that's you. I pray that the Lord has given you so much godly grief that you do seek him and that, that you are at a point where Chuck and Elliot were, where you are done being angry with God and that you want to repent of that anger. And, um, and hear his voice, hear our shepherd's voice. Yeah, I mean, it was Second Timothy 2.15 is be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. And I would go to Acts 17 as well to talk about the Bereans in which they were even challenging Paul to make sure that the Apostle Paul was speaking the truth from the Tanakh, the Old Testament, right? And um, yeah, just again, Go find a biblical church if you do not have one. And if you need help finding one, uh, we'd definitely be um, happy to be a resource for you. Um, That is so important is finding a local body. 
um, that loves the word and uh, wants to study it faithfully. But be encouraged that if you know Jesus and who he is and what he has done, we are brothers and sisters. And we are so thankful to have you um, as, as family and also to be joint heirs in him. So again, thank you for listening uh, to this first episode of the Rooted Podcast. And we hope to uh, catch you next time. Thank you. See you later. Have a blessed day.